Hey, what's up, podcast? This is Match Lava, and you're listening to the Road to Freedom Pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Match Lava, and today is Friday, June 17th, 2022. It has been a busy day, just a lot going on. I got up early and was able to get started pretty early today, which is good. I got a lot done, so we can cover that a little bit and some of the things I've been working on. And then we can talk a little bit about some releases that we've had and some releases that we're expecting in the upcoming weeks ahead. So let's just jump on that real quick. Let's talk about some of the releases and then we can cover some of the Amazon stuff that I have been working on. So the there really weren't many releases today. And the last release I think I left you guys with was the infrared fours. I ended up not going for those. Prices dipped. They dipped below what I thought they would. And I know a lot of people did, and a lot of people probably made a little bit of money on those, but overall it wasn't profitable enough for me to really dive in. I mean, making $30 on a pair of shoes is cool, but if I'm not trying to sell them like as fast as possible, which I, I can try to, but eBay is competitive and StockX is usually lower priced than eBay and eBay now not having that 0% fee on sneakers on athletic sneakers over $100 that makes it tough to to break e- to be able to make money on them really. I mean, on a $260 pair of shoes, uh, when you flip them for that much and they cost 200 bucks, before you would have made 40 50 bucks and now you're making a lot less than that. You're making probably closer to somewhere between 25 and 35 dollars so it's tough and that can kind of cut into margins a lot so i've stopped selling a majority of my sneakers on ebay and that's fine i don't know how that it'll affect them obviously i think it'll drive margins up higher i think that they'll do better with things like that and uh, the cost to kind of just sustain sneakers on their platform for free for a while is probably eating into their margins so they probably bumped it up to that seven percent eight percent mark and it's probably doing pretty well for them. I don't think a lot of people have stopped selling on eBay, but I for certain have stopped selling as many sneakers on eBay, and that's probably fine for them because it was just costing them anyways for the people that were sending sneakers all around the the country, and they had to like authenticate each one of those pairs. And so now they're authenticating less pairs, and they're charging a higher fee. They're being able to make more bang for their buck for the people they're paying for, and they could probably even use less people if they wanted to. So overall, that's been... A, a probably a boon for them in their business and for some of us it's kind of sucked a little bit because we're losing that seven eight percent on top of all the other fees that we have to pay for shipping and stuff like that and if you're in a state that charges tax for clothing you're also getting that that sales tax as well so kind of a bummer there but for me i ended up not going for those and then i believe today we had a pair of yeezy 700s release i didn't look into them too much i think that retail was somewhere in the 200s and i want to say maybe I don't know, let's say somewhere around 250, 260. So that's not too bad for for a pair of Yeezys. It's high, but I had expected them to release around $300 and maybe I'm looking at things wrong. Maybe they were $300. I didn't look into it too much, but I believe they were less than that. So if you're able to get those and able to make some money on them, it wasn't a bad colorway. It wasn't great by any stretch, but it wasn't bad. And I saw some people make money on those shoes. One of the guys in GFNF, I think, made like, 60 bucks on them so that's good that's that's good profit i heard they were an easy hit so if you were able to hit those on easy supply good job if if you're able to make money if not you'll probably have to break even or or wait a little bit until people sell out and then sell that shoe uh, for a profit so that was today and then i believe monday we have a pair of we have two pairs of easy 350s they're restocking the bone colorway and the onyx colorway so that's just that is what it is. Easy supplies just become a restock platform at this point. They they really haven't created too many new colorways this year. And the bone colorway is a new one, but now they're just kind of recycling through old colorways that are classic and 
kind of redistributing a ton of the older shoes that, that have come out and done really well, which is cool. It's driven a lot of easy hype and, and stuff, but eventually run out of older colorways and a lot of their newer colorways, they just haven't been very good. The, the MX, um, they're doing like an MX wave or, or blue colorway. I don't remember what it's called. That's clean. I like that shoe. I think it's going to do really well. It was supposed to come out, I think, this spring. I think it's coming out in the winter now. And so that's obviously delayed several months, but it's it's going to, I think that one will do well. It looks really clean. But past that, I mean, just the shoes they've been releasing, if it's not one of those classic colorways that came out in 2016, 17, 18, it, it usually hasn't been that hot. And so that's kind of something that's a bummer. I saw the easy day is happening sometime in august i believe august 1st slash 2nd so kind of got to prep for that another thing is you may want to check out what shoes are releasing i saw that they're dropping azale 700s and those are like the first 700 v3 colorway that released i have a pair of those they were really high uh in price and i gotta i gotta list those and get rid of them because once they re-release those prices are going to tank like crazy and they may already have started to do so so that's kind of the the name of the game you don't want to hold easies anymore because they just restock everything and so at any point your shoe could get restocked there used to be a, a bit of a sentiment where you could hold uh, base sizes or like sizes that are between four and six and probably make some decent profit on those they usually went up over time and especially the clean like all white colorways or even some of just the really good looking like natural colorways like a tan or like a light brown and stuff those did well and even the black colorways did really well so like those very like neutral slash like white or black colorways did really really well and then the the crazier ones didn't appreciate as well over time now they're restocking so much i don't know what's worth holding and i really don't want to play that game so that's something that i'll be doing in the upcoming weeks ahead is getting rid of all my easies if i can I've been selling through some zebras which has been cool i've been making i think after shipping about 30 bucks a pair so that's that's not bad like you can't beat that if you're making 30 bucks a pair and i had i got i don't know 25 30 pairs of those things uh it's not great but it, it's not terrible either i'll make some money on them the only problem is the cost of holding them is significant because when you're holding 25 pairs at what, what was it like i think 200 let's say 240 a pair that you can do that math i don't do public math but that's a very very pricey kind of hold for not that much gain so something that you could have made on some like you could make better roi other places so that's kind of the thing that, that sucks and one of the reasons i don't like holding shoes anymore so moving past that we have the other thing we have releasing is easy slides and i'm excited for those i believe they're releasing july 1st and those will be decent i don't believe they'll be top of the the market or anything shoes are down cryptos down stocks are down everything's down and that's just because we are in a down period for the markets and we don't know how long that can continue plus they keep restocking all these easies plus they keep restocking slides plus not only do they restock slides but they restock the same three to four colorways every time so now you're looking at just restocks on restocks on restocks of the same freaking shoes and if that's not bad enough right there's less demand anyways because adidas released their adidas 22 the audi 22 slide or audi light or whatever they're calling it now and they're clean and they look honestly better than the yeezy supply like the yeezy slides they're just they're better and so yeezy made a comment about this on instagram i think he called out adidas for making slides that were knockoffs of his he said I think they look better. I think that honestly, he could take a page out of their book and kind of learn from them when making slides because his look ridiculous. But that's that's on that's on him and stuff. That's not something that maybe really matters to the price. But it will affect margins when you're reselling those because a lot of people ordered those shoes from Adidas that weren't the Yeezy slides, and 
they're clean. I mean, a lot of people don't need another pair of slides this summer. A lot of people are cutting back anyway. So I'm expecting prices to not do as well on those. And they already aren't. They're doing around 130, 140 on some pairs, maybe 150 on on better, like bigger sizes, smaller sizes, really not doing that hot. So probably going to run some bigger sizes. I'll fire up the old bot and go after the easy supply and see if I can get a few pairs, but it's not going to be anything crazy. I'm not going to go for a huge clip and it's just not worth it. And so anyway, when that, those release on July 1st, I believe that that could get bumped back. We've seen easy supply do that a number of times, but for now I'm banging on a July 1st release for those and I'll be excited whenever those come out. So that's what we have going on for releases in the upcoming couple of days slash weeks. We did have a shock drop today. They released on the sneakers app, the Nike Dunk Low, I think it was like an SB Pro uh, plaid and just a good looking shoe. I ended up not hitting. A lot of people did. It was just one of those things where I wasn't quick enough. And so when when sneakers does a shock drop like that it is very much a speed game you don't really get an opportunity to enter too much and so those sorts of things you do want to enter as fast as possible when they're doing a regular release that's not a raffle you usually have one to two minutes to enter and then whenever they're doing a raffle you usually get between five and ten minutes ten minutes is usually what it is and you just enter whenever you have the ten minutes so today kind of was slow wasn't paying attention too well when i saw it ping i didn't kind of go after it as, as fast as i should have and that was a but that was a bummer because a lot of people did hit that and they, they had no problems. So that was a decent shoe. I don't know what the prices were. I didn't get a chance to look at them yet. I don't even know what to look up for that shoe because it, it's gone. Like it's not on the sneakers app anymore. And I don't really remember what it was called uh, other than the plaid. And so I can go do a little bit of research, find the skew and type it into Stog X. But overall, if you hit those, I'm imagining you'll make some money on them. So uh, congrats on that, that W there. So that's what we had today. Other than that, I didn't do a podcast yesterday. I didn't do too many this week. I've just been busy. And that's what Amazon is. And it's a grind. And still trying to learn. Still trying to put in that effort. Still trying to put in the work on it. And it's a, uh, it, is what, it is what it is. There's different things that kind of go into it. There's a lot of different products you can source. And I'm trying to figure that out. And there's different methods. I'm using Keepa a lot more than I thought I would. I'm using the product finder a lot more than I was before. I'm finding more products. And, and not just more products, but good like good selling products that have higher ROIs and higher profit margins. And um, they're a little bit higher priced items. So that's the downside of it. But if you have some capital from a business or just personal savings and stuff, it's a little bit easier to scale up because you can start to spend more money and start to buy higher priced items, which tend to have higher ROIs or at least a higher profit per item. Maybe not a higher ROI, but the profit's higher. So if you're making 20% on a $5 purchase versus 20% on a $50 purchase, you're obviously making 10 times more money on the $50 purchase because it's the same ROI, but obviously the cost is uh, 10 times more. So you would be making 10 times more profit with the same ROI. So that's that's something where if you start to get into those higher priced items, usually there's less competition, <clears throat> which we're always looking for. And then there is also a little bit of a higher profit. ROI, like I said, may stay the same. So you have to have some capital to work with. But coming from the sneaker world, I, that's not that's not abnormal for me. Coming from a, a world where you flip consoles and flip uh, sneakers and flip whatever, I mean, we're talking about items that are somewhere between the range of 100 to $500 and sometimes even more than that. And I've, I've bought things that are over $1,000. I've bought $1,500 items before to sell. And so when you get into that, that's, that's something where, okay, now what? Like, a lot of people haven't ever done that before. And so a lot of people get tripped up by saying, wow, I don't want to spend so much money on this item on, on 
Amazon. I don't want to spend so much money on this item at a garage sale because it's $50 or it's $100. And like, that's, that's not, I'm not to discount that, but like for a lot of people that have been flipping for the past couple of years, if you've gotten into the, any of the electronics and you were able to make money on that, $100 is not that much. Like $100 is a lot of money to lose just if you like dropped it and walked away. But it's not that much money to spend on inventory if you can justify the ROI. And and I don't think a lot of people are used to that where, I mean, you have sneakerheads, you have these kids that are running bots. They're dropping sometimes, you know, $500 on 50 PlayStations on some of these releases that we've had. That's, that. I don't do a lot of public math, but I believe that's $25,000. And that's like not even including tax. So there's a lot of money that, that can be uh, spent on some of these things. And so overall, you kind of need to, to, at least for me, like it's kind of a moment of like shifting my brain to going, okay, I've bought items like this before. Once I kind of really understand Amazon, I can get into the higher price items. It's not something that's abnormal to me. I'm, I'm my average cost of, a, of an item may be somewhere like between a hundred to $500, right? It's somewhere in there. And a lot of people, their average cost is probably between 10 and $30. It's just not that high. And so when you're used to buying items like that, it doesn't phase you as much. Now, Amazon is a lot higher of a return rate. And I was listening to a couple people talk today and I'm in a couple of Facebook groups. One of them's paid where you get in there and they talk a lot about just different Amazon stuff. And uh, it's basically like a, a support group kind of for, for Amazon sellers. And there were a couple uh, women who have very successful Amazon businesses talking and they said that their return rate was around, I want to say eight to 10% plus. And they don't do anything like they're not doing anything nefarious they just sell like nike and they sell a lot of shoes and they don't sell high-end shoes like i i'm used to selling right they're not selling yeezys they're not selling high-end jordans or nike golf or anything like that they're they're selling like the nike runners and all the crap that people really want to wear and like 90 percent of people own that's the stuff they're selling because that's what sells on amazon and they're getting a ton of returns i mean like i don't know if you know what a typical return rate is but my return rate on ebay and I did volume last year and I did volume in electronics, which is like uh, maybe the most return intensive category. And my return rate was like 2% ish. Like, and I thought that may have been high for a second. And I'm looking at them and their return rate, they're doing a lot higher volume than me. Their return rate is four to five X what I was, what I was getting. So it would be like, you know, like whenever you get a return, it's like, ah, crap. Like I got a return. Like I hate returns. That's, that's a lot more common on Amazon. And so I don't want to dive too deep into the higher priced items now there's plenty of items you can make money on there's plenty of items that you can justify the cost of a return and all that kind of stuff and people doing the the rentals on amazon and stuff like that where they just like buy your item use it for a little bit and then send it back and say hey this something didn't work with it or it arrived late or it's inauthentic or whatever and like screw over the seller really bad that stuff happens you have to deal with that you have to kind of build that into your cost and in your model for business but there's a lot of money to be made in those upper price ranges and so overall it just kind of matters what you're comfortable with and how much capital you have to deploy. And and coming from somebody who's already had a reselling business before, coming from a business that's already specialized in products that are over a hundred dollars up to fifteen hundred dollars, right? Like there's there's a wide range of prices in there and they're all high. That's something where I'm a little bit more comfortable. So in a way, I think I'm a little bit more like able to kind of get into that where a lot of people don't necessarily feel comfortable doing that. I don't feel comfortable doing it right now because I'm still learning the ropes of Amazon. I don't want to just like my average cost for an item right now is probably somewhere between four to $10, not, not super high. But once I start to learn, it's a little bit easier for me to go and buy a, a $50, a hundred dollar, $200 item and maybe $200 a little bit high. But 
that's just it's a little bit easier because I've done it before and it's it's very normal for me and so that's something I'm excited about I'm excited to kind of learn those higher price point items and again with the keep up product finder that you can use you can kind of set what you're looking for for a sell price of 100 or 200 dollars if you're looking for something that sells like let's think about this for a second people always like the way my mind works is why would I set the sell price on Amazon I like the sell price on Amazon doesn't justify the profit, right? And that's true. If, if you're buying an item for $90 and it sells for $100 on Amazon, and let's say they take 30 to 40% fees between shipping and everything, they take that much out. Well, you're not going to make any money. You're going to lose about 20 to 30 bucks. So, okay, you're not going to make any money on that. So, okay, now what? Like, what do you do? That Obviously, setting it for $100 doesn't mean you're going to make a lot of money. Like, you're a bozo for thinking that, right, Matt? Right? Well, yeah, yeah a little bit. But the other thing is, if we're looking for these products that are going to sell for a high profit, wouldn't we need to set the the price to be higher? Like if you're looking to make $50 on an item and you're hoping to buy it somewhere maybe 30 to 40 bucks and you want to sell it for over 100, wouldn't you need to set your price and keep a product finder to over $100 to be able to sell it for that? Like that's the thing that a lot of us miss and, and especially me. I don't think like, I, I think most of the time I'm thinking, well, obviously price that it's sold for doesn't correlate to profit it's not it's not a one-to-one you're not saying oh i sold this for a hundred dollars so i'm automatically making way more money because that you didn't factor in the cost yet but if you're looking for those items that are selling for a high amount that may be able to bring a, a higher return you have to look for items that are in that higher amount and a lot of us don't do that and a lot of amazon sellers don't do that and a lot of people using the keep a product finder set their average price to like 20 to 50 dollars and just roll with it and it's like okay cool like I'm going to make a lot of money. I, I'm hoping to find this golden item that's over, uh, that's just over $20 or whatever. And, and they don't think that, they don't think to look for that higher range of items that's over $100, over $120 or something like that. Obviously, there's high risk. Obviously, you have people that can complain. Obviously, you can kind of have a lot more issues with that, especially on the returns basis. So if you're new, probably not a good idea to say, hey, I'm only going to sell products that are over $100. You're not going to make money because you're probably going to have a lot of returns to start out because first off you're not going to know what you're doing and second off it, it's just the first return is going to cripple you you're going to be like okay well that was I, I only have two hundred dollars and i've spent both of it on two units and both of them got returned and i've lost money and now i have two broken units i can't return them and i have two things where i've lost money so even if i sell these they're not going to be able to make any profit so that's kind of a thing where you know you can't really roll with that if you start out with a lower capital, you have to work your way up and buy cheaper items with a decent ROI, 40, 50, up to 100% ROI, and then be able to kind of build your capital up to where you can go and buy $100, $200 items. But if you have the capital when you're coming from an eBay business, you're coming as somebody who's a console seller or like any of these people who are making money off of consoles or sneakers or people that like really were able to build up some capital in these past couple of years, you're probably primed and ready to go to try some of these higher priced items. If you're looking for them, try setting your price if you're using the keep a product finder set your price higher and that's something i'm going to be doing over the next coming probably days and weeks ahead um i've been playing the lower price ranges like i said because i'm i'm still learning i'm still trying to make sure i send in the right shipments and make sure they go in and they get accepted right and make sure the items are packaged properly i don't want to send in items to amazon that cost a hundred dollars and they get completely banged around in the warehouse and sent to a customer and they don't work because that that would suck and you may think hey the customer's complaining about this but what if they got the package and it was completely banged up and, and damaged because people in the Amazon warehouses are careless and people that ship the items can be careless and so like like what do you do and so that's something I'm still trying to figure out I want to learn I want to see what happens I want to see if I get any complaints about my items being packed improperly I want to see if I 
get complaints about it and it's being broken. And so once I kind of feel that out, then I can start to kind of play in those bigger waters and uh, things that kind of take a little bit more capital to, to deploy and stuff like that. But overall, I'm excited. I think that I've made a lot of progress. I think that logging on to Keepa, logging on to Amazon, I feel a lot more confident in looking for products. And it's refreshing to hear people say that have been doing this for a while. Hey, you still have days. I still have days where I don't find that much. And then I have a lot of days where I find a ton. And so for me, I find a little bit and I find sometimes I find two items a day. Sometimes I find 10. After I go back and filter through them, I may have out of that 10, three really good products that I feel, okay, the Keepa chart really looks good. And maybe I was not paying attention to what I was doing and I recorded these other ones. Maybe there was something wrong that day. Maybe I just wasn't finding a lot and I just recorded something that I shouldn't have. But overall, I, I kind of filter through them. I pick the products out and then I go buy them. And so I'm going to be changing that up a little bit. I think I'm going to be buying products as I see them. I'm going to make sure that the products are good and I'm kind of tightening up my criteria a little bit as I learn more and more and more and find more and more products tightening the criteria, tightening the criteria, making sure that it sells for around the same price, making sure that the keep a chart looks like it's selling consistently, making sure that not only that, but the sellers are going up and down, meaning, hey, people are actually buying this and people are selling out of this. That's good. We want people to be able to sell out because that means that they're sales. And so looking for those sorts of things, looking for charts that aren't just like up and to the right only for sellers, that's like the opposite of what you want. If, if you're in crypto or you're in stocks, you want up and to the right because that means, hey, I'm making money. If you want a keep it chart you don't want seller graphs that go up into the right because that means hey over time you're getting more sellers and they're not selling out that means that's bad like there's obviously something wrong it's not selling or the price too high but you don't want that That that's not good right and so again even on the keep a graph you don't want the the rank to go up into the right that just means that it's not selling at all either so those are things to watch out for you obviously don't want those and in that case i'm trying to tighten those criteria to eliminate those sorts of items from my buy lists and i'll maybe jump out on the risk curve a little bit and buy some items that could be tests buy two to three of them and see what happens but for the most part i'm trying to tighten those up and say okay these are tight like these are items that sell i know that these are going to sell let's buy them and so buying items as i find them maybe buying them two three four times a week and then they'll constantly be flowing into my house i'll be able to package them up have them ready to go and then once i get enough to make a shipment then i'll build the shipment and throw it in amazon and we'll keep going and it'll be a constant stream of products flowing into my house i'll be able to constantly have boxes to build and then as things kind of build up and stuff like that, I can send them into Amazon, start using Inventory Lab, the whole nine yards. But this is a lot better of a process than waiting till Saturday, ordering them all at the same time. They're now coming from different sites or from Walmart and they all come at different days. And it's like, okay, well, I ordered them all on Saturday because I didn't feel prepared enough to make this order. I wanted to make sure I had enough things that I could send in an order to Amazon. That's silly in my book. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know why I was doing it that way. But now I'm going to be ordering them as I go, maybe tightening my criteria so I don't need to necessarily review the items as much. And then I'll just have a stream of products coming to my house. I'll be prepping them as the week goes ahead. And, you know, as I build up enough items to send in, then I'll send it in. And that eliminates downtime because as products could be shipping, other products could be bought and shipping as well. And so there's a constant stream of buying and shipping and packing and sending off to Amazon that would eliminate the downtime as me just buying stuff and, and shipping it out. So I'm going to kind of streamline that a lot. I don't know why I didn't think of that at the start, but it makes a lot more sense now. So as I learn more, I'll kind of keep sharing it on here. That's something I would do though. If you find products that you like and, and they're good products, you know that they're good, buy them then and and keep them coming into your house. And once you build up enough to do a shipment, send the shipment out and keep products flowing into your house. You don't want to just wait till the end of the week, place a big order on Saturday and say, great, I found all my products for the week. Now let's place the order. And then they get there the next Saturday. You're waiting an entire week for products to arrive. That's silly. So order them as you find them and, and make sure they're good. Again, make sure the keep charts are good and they look good. 
but do not like wait until one day to place this massive order unless you have credit card restrictions or some really good reason why you should do it. Other than that, you're you're wasting valuable days. You could have items coming in, and again, a lot of times when I order from Walmart, all the items don't arrive on the same days because they're all shipping from different warehouses. They basically do what Amazon does, but Walmart style, and it's coming obviously less efficient because it's Walmart. Not that much less efficient, but a little bit, and it's coming from different warehouses, so it's not all going to ship together. It's not that's not how the internet works. And so when it's coming, one's coming from Alabama, one's coming from Maine, one's coming from Michigan. These are things where. Now, they're not all going to arrive on the same day, and chances are, if I would have just ordered them as I found them, I could have been prepping some of these items that would have taken longer to show up before the other ones arrived, right? If there's an item that's going to take five days to show up and an item that's going to take two, I find the item that's going to take five days to show up on Monday, and I order it, and then Saturday, or maybe Friday, or maybe Thursday, I find the item that's going to take two days. When the item arrives that I ordered on Thursday that would take a shorter amount of time to get to my house, when it arrives on Saturday, I say, cool. This item's here on Saturday. The pants already arrived on Friday that I ordered or whatever they are. And so I can pack those up and ship them out and we're good to go. And they both are, they're both ready to pack on Saturday. Rather than ordering them both on Saturday after I've found a bunch of leads for the week, now I'm going to have to wait until the following Friday for that pair of pants to show up while, I don't know, the the random uh, hammer that I was going to order showed up on, on the two days after I ordered them. So just kind of streamlining that a little bit. And it sounds so trivial right now, but when you're kind of in the thick of things, you don't think about it. And so that's why I love this podcast. It's for nothing else than to just put my thoughts out there and then think through my processes. And hopefully it provides you value. But if for nothing else, if, if maybe you say this podcast sucks and I don't get any value from it and I don't know why I even listen to this guy, if for nothing else, I get a good idea of what I'm doing if it makes any sense. Because once you say it out loud and you're kind of walking through it, thinking through it in your head, you go, well, that doesn't make sense. Why would I do that? Why would I why would I order this way? Or why would I buy these types of products when I get a lot of returns from them? I've been complaining for the past five days on the podcast about how this item always gets returned. Why am I still buying it? Is it, is there something wrong? Am I shipping it wrong? Am I buying the wrong item? And you kind of think through, it forces you to think through what you're doing. And so for me, it's been helpful and I'm going to keep doing it regardless because it does force me to think through those things. But hopefully I can share some information with you as well about how to build a business on Amazon. So that being said, I'm going to go. You guys have a great rest of your Friday. Have a great weekend. For all the fathers out there, happy Father's Day. Have a great weekend ahead, and I will talk to you tomorrow with another podcast. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.